Hello and welcome to episode 117 of the Thinking LSAT podcast. This is Ben Olson in Washington, D.C. on a rainy night. And with me is Nathan Fox. How you How's doing? it going? Good. Uh, where are you at? I am in Los Angeles. Uh, I played golf today in shorts and short sleeves all day. <laughs> cool. So that's why we had to reschedule. <laughs> yes, that is why we had to reschedule. I got a golf invitation and I immediately sent you a text and said, hey, buddy, can we reschedule? And you kindly said yes. Yeah. So that's what happened. Cool. Well, um, I'm glad to do it at night. Uh, you know, actually, it's funny. Last night was the uh, first class since the um, December LSAT happened, and uh, everybody filed in, and they're kind of mulling around. And I was waiting for the class to get started. I didn't want to jump the gun because it wasn't time yet, but, you know, we're just sitting there. So I'm like, does anyone have any questions? And the first question I got, I don't know if I, I could have asked for a better question, but it was... Is law school worth two hundred thousand dollars? Yeah, I was like, no, no, no. And it's just a good way to get you know the class going because everybody I think was kind of like, wait, what? What have I signed up for? What is going on here? Yeah, I know. I got a call today from a prospective student who was, you know, she she had taken it in uh, on Saturday, December second, and she knew she didn't do as well as she could have, and she's looking at a February retake. And she's wanting to sign up and work with me. And I just, I spent like 15 minutes yelling at her about how, yes, she needs to take it in February, but she also needs to apply at the beginning of the next cycle with the best LSAT score she can possibly get and just not pay for law school. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, that's great. So, you, how long did you uh, yell at them about how it's not worth 200 grand? Um, I think that took like 10 minutes actually. I don't usually yell. No, you went easy on them. Uh-huh. <laughs> I like to, you know, let the spa- the facts speak for themselves sometimes. But um, in any case, yeah, so speaking of the test, we have a ton of emails about what happened, uh, a lot of funny stories here. Um, before we jump in, do you have anything that you want to mention? No, I mean, I just, I guess I could speculate. I, I, it seemed like it was about normal, the test. I don't, it, I haven't heard anything yet where I'm like, whoa, that's weird. Yeah. I mean, we've heard a million, we got a, w- a million weird test stories, just proctors fucking things up and sh- crazy things happening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But we don't have, as far as the test itself, it just seems like it was, you know, some people did great. Some people did shitty. Same as always. Yep. Is that how is that how your kids? Yeah, yeah. I just got off the phone with someone from someone who said that they uh, thought it was easier than the uh, September LSAT, and right before that, <laughs> I had talked to someone who thought it was harder. So, yeah, yeah. Same as always, basically. <laughs> For yeah. some people, they did great. Some people did terrible. All right, it's the same. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Should we dive into these uh, reports? Sure. Yeah. Do you want to take this uh, first? Sure. One? Okay. The subjects is the subject says test day BS. Uh, hey guys, a couple quick observations from test day. I took the test at Northeastern. Test building had a bomb threat. We were evacuated seconds before starting section one, and got to stand outside in thirty-five degree weather for about two hours before immediately beginning the test. The bomb squad dogs were cool though. <laughs> wow. You think this was somebody who 
was probably it had to be one of the students, right? One of the test takers. I I guess so. What <laughs> what were they hoping to accomplish? I don't know who else is calling in a bomb threat on a Saturday yeah. to to Northeastern. I mean, unless there was some other big time exam going on where someone would call in a bomb threat, but probably somebody who did shitty prepped like didn't prep enough panic attack. <laughs> I just can't like that's a criminal. I can't yes. imagine ris- risking <laughs> getting caught for a silly absence, you know, like Yeah, it's pretty wild. Huh. Well, anyways, interesting yeah. experience for everyone. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. Especially standing outside in 35 degree weather. That's that's rough. That's rough. Uh, the quick jump back into test mode after almost literally freezing my ass off may have caused some issues in section one. Passages were nothing noteworthy, but I definitely wasn't warmed up in any sense of the word. Little cold weather humor there for you, Ben. <laughs> Thanks. Uh- Uh, The games were absurdly easy. It really doesn't matter which is experimental because they were both equally easy. Okay, so sound... All right, all right, fine. Um, (laughs) This is kind of funny. Every law school on the planet sends ridiculous, quote, good luck with the LSAT emails the day of or before the test. My personal favorites were Arizona State sending an email asking if I was, quote, interested in going to law school, question mark. No shit. Uh, he's saying that as a, someone who's already registered for the test. You know, obviously, he's interested in going to law school. Yeah. He says. Okay. <laughs> Penn State Dickinson gave some last-minute strategies that included, quote, taking a diagnostic. <laughs> the fuck? Question <laughs> mark. <laughs> and Pitt got really creepy by sending an email with the subject line, quote, Tyler, we desire to see your application. <laughs> with all caps. Dude, or that caps is... on the on. What do they call that? Title case. Title case, yes. Title case. Tyler, <laughs> we desire to see your application. <laughs> that is so bizarre. Like, who who sits behind the desk of <laughs> these schools and these emails? Like, yeah, I don't know. It's funny. That sounds so robotic. We desire to see your application. <laughs> they could have gone with, like, a joke, or they could have gone, like, make it sound a little more personable, you know? yeah. Uh, it feel, is that, I feel like that's from like a, a movie or something. Oh, I have no idea. Is it? I don't think they, I don't know. I, I just feel like that phrase, Tyler, we desire something. Anyways, that's very strange. Yeah. It just sounds very robotic and like what a lawyer nerd might write. I don't yeah. know. So it seems like the source of turds of wisdom come from these law school emails right before test day because we got the last last time there was that one about writing fast get your pencil moving yeah make sure you get going right off the bat gotta get get cracking yeah take a diagnostic right before the test okay (laughs) um (laughs) tyler says their desires are kind of freaking me out uh anyway i took nathan's online course and think that helped me absolutely crush the games oh nice The logical reasoning had a couple question types I had never seen before. Doesn't mean they haven't been around. Overall, I think it went okay. Keep on keeping on, Tyler. Nice. Cool. Thanks, Tyler. Yeah. Uh, So the next one, 
Hmm. This is from Anonymous. Looks okay. like several different ideas. The high school mock UN competition and celebra- celebratory pizza party next door to our test room, complete with top of the lung teenage screaming and cheering. Okay. <laughs> that was a fragment. No, but- these are all fragments. It's not sentences. <laughs> Uh, we can figure out what happens. It's just these are things that happened. All of these are things. I happened. like this. I like uh-huh. the fact that proctors are capitalized in the next sentence. Oh, yeah. The proctors who fumbled and whispered with each other for five hours. They're they fumbling fumbled. with each other? What is that? Well, that sounds that? a little sounds naughty. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Uh, the fellow test taker with a quart-sized bag of trail mix that was so full that even if he had been allowed to snack on it throughout the entire debacle, that was the University of Hartford's test administration, he'd still be working on it tomorrow. <laughs> I like that. The giant overfull quart size. He used his... Wait, are you allowed a... Oh, are you allowed a quart-sized bag or a gallon-sized bag? Wait... Is a quart size even that big? I don't know if it's that big. I think a qu- if a quart size bag is like the the sort of small Ziploc bag, that's still a big ass bag of trail mix. I'm looking up a quart size right now. Quart size mm-hmm. trail mix. Cause see, uh, as if as a dad of four kids, we buy some pretty big bags of trail mix, and that's what I had in my mind. But now that we're talking about quart size. And that's going to be smaller than a gallon. So he could have... Oh, no, I guess... Mm, well, no, this is... Okay, so four pounds is what we usually buy, and that's pretty big. <laughs> I don't think a quart's that big. <laughs> Jesus, so, all right. You guys eat a lot of trail mix. Well, right. yeah, a quart's, quart is, a, is a small. Anyways, um, that's smaller than a gallon-sized bag. It's pretty big for one dude for one for one half day test that's a lot of it's a lot of snacking all right we have a rule in our family by the way there's no cherry picking because you know uh trail mix always has like m&ms and stuff and yeah that's uh if you look at our trail mix it, usually those are all gone you're like hmm i wonder what happened here so people like to pick those out you, you try to make a rule that says no cherry picking yeah we tried the well, we, we made it. the rule we did make it it's just that you yeah know. you can you can have that rule the enforcement of that is going to be pretty tough yeah it's only when i'm around mm-hmm the dude that was distracted and appeared distressed by the barely perceptible hum from the fluorescent light and had to move his seat, <laughs> who also drove off after the test in his really nice late model Porsche SUV. And I'm not sure what that has to do with anything. <laughs> dude, he's got a nice car, but the dude, the dude who requests a seat change because of the fluorescent light, the humming is... Uh, not going to do well on the test. I don't know. There seems to be a lot of mind reading here. Why was this guy distressed? Because of the hum of the fluorescent light? Oh, he, really was, he must have. I mean, he, he complained to the proctor, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Got, mm-hmm. And got a seat change. I don't know. These these sentences seem to be stretching the bounds of imagination. I'm wondering if <laughs> wow, people are okay. competing for, you know, coolest sentences. Um, yeah, I could be wrong. They're not sentences. None of them are sentences. Yeah, <laughs> the coolest fragments. <laughs> yeah. All right. So the Kaplan teacher who told one of them that the reason the told one of them that the reason the LSAT doesn't allow mechanical pencils is the clicking is that the clicking is annoying. Um, 
I thought that might be one of the reasons. Is that not? I mean, that sounds like speculation, but it seems like that stands to reason that that could be one of the reasons why they don't allow mechanical pencils. I thought cheating had something to do with it. I thought so too. I like someone somehow had cheated with a mechanical pencil. Although I don't know what you do, bring in notes. (laughs) No, record the like record the test. Record the test If, if it has a camera in it. Yeah. Really. In a mechanical I pencil? think so. I read, I, I heard people talking about that one time that that's what they're worried about is like using a, 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 a pen, a, a thing, a scanner thing. Huh. Interesting. And me rolling my eyes no less than 4,000 times at everything. Okay. That's hyperbole now. Yeah. I don't, I don't even want to be a lawyer anymore. These cannot be my peers. <laughs> All right. Well, one thing to be re- to to help you sleep at night. Most of these people probably won't be your peers, so don't worry about it. What? How many people get in that uh, versus those who take the test? Do you have any idea? I think it's like half. No. I would guess like half, and then of those half, only half are going to practice law. Yep. There you go. Right. Probably twenty five percent of the people who are in any LSAT administration are actually going to ever practice law. <laughs> That's not- my estimate. Yeah, it's a good one. Anonymous ends by saying, I know you know my name, but I have to live in this community. I think Anonymous should get out. I definitely get out now while you can. It's yeah. great. You you just said, I don't want to be a lawyer anymore. Good. Don't. No. Do something else. <laughs> See the Thank you for, has served its purpose. <laughs> you figured it out. That's awesome. That's great. There's all a million other things you could do. Go do any of those things. Don't do this. Perfect. Yeah. Okie doke. Sweet. Um, thank you for the email, Anonymous. Uh, hi, Nathan and Ben. I am writing you this from an anonymous account because I have, quote, signed an agreement that bars test takers from discussing the contents of the test. Obviously, don't need to read all of this on the podcast or even read all of it yourselves. I'm part venting, part sharing info about the test. Um, I was thinking about that earlier. They do have all of these kids sign agreements not to take, not to discuss the test. Mm-hmm. But how are they really going to enforce that? I mean, that just seems pretty hard for them to really enforce that. And Reddit just blows up every test. Like, they immediately are breaking down all of the content of the test. Like, they immediately figure out what the experimental sections were and yeah. everything, like, immediately after the test. So, yeah. Um, this test was not very easy, period. For reference, the average of my last 15 practice tests was a 178.6 with a mode of 180. Whoa. And I feel pretty shitty about this test. Yeah, but it's all relative, though. I mean, when you're nailing 180s after 180s like that, you 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 could have got a 178 and feel shitty about it. Yeah. I mean... You don't get the mode, a questions. <laughs> the mode, Ben. Do, do we talked about this on the show before, right? The mode. We did, but uh, but I I don't know. I must have not known it before, but I know it now. Maybe it was from that episode. You do know it now, and you want to tell listeners what the sure. mode is? Yeah, the mode is the most frequent number in a set of numbers. Right. So if he had 15 tests and the average, he says average, so he means the arithmetic mean would be 178.6, but the mode, the most common number out of those 15 practice tests was a one set, was a 180. Yeah. Pretty, pretty solid there, <clears throat> but yeah. feels shitty. 
Um, my section order, I don't care. Uh, okay. First LR was easy. I thought this test was going swimmingly. The first logic game section had two tough games, and I thought in the back of my head this might be the experimental. The section was tough, but I finish, and I am only slightly uncertain about a couple questions. I come back from the break and flip to another LG section. Aha, I say. I was right. This will probably be a bit easier. First three games are easy as pie. I'm feeling good. Fourth game is basically a carbon copy of the virus game, this time with information leakers in an organization. And somehow this game is hard. I feel like I should know how to do it, but the questions just seem to be really tough. I ultimately run out of time and have to make a guess on the last question. A guess! All caps. I haven't had to do that in months on LG. That felt pretty bad. Can't wait for Nathan to say this game was easy on the podcast. Well, I haven't seen it yet. As soon as I... If it is, I, I will definitely say it's easy if it is easy. Um, would, you but ever, we haven't, would you ever say that it's hard? Yes, I would, if it actually was hard. But there... I mean, a lot what, of these what games, games that we... What games, what games do I think are actually hard? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's there's ones looking back. There's ones that are actually hard. Um, I mean, you know, the dinosaur, the famous dinosaur one from sure. um, June 2009. Everybody knows that one's hard. Mm-hmm. There's a the one where um, Rosa has can't get off before Mineola. Yeah, yeah. The, I um, hate that game. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> That's some... the one that has a VJ in the game and there's mm-hmm. a guy named Jay. So you ha- and then there's a rule about VJ <laughs> and Jay. So if you, if you're focusing on the names at all, it's confusing. But uh, wow. I, I never do that. So like I always just focus on the letters, you know? And then someone's like, "Why did they why did that why is that guy's name VJ?" Oh, <laughs> oh like, I've never noticed that before. Wow. Well, yeah, the yeah, name yeah. VJ doesn't bother me at all. I mean, it's just whatever. It's like an Indian name, but he's VJ and he's just V in the game. Yeah. So yeah. then I don't care that there's also a J in the game. Yeah. Um yeah, I, I hate that game. There's one, um, a circular sequencing game that I really hate, like eight people sitting around a table or something like yeah, that. Yeah, is it I the don't picnic like that one? Game. Yeah, I don't like mm-hmm. that game. Yep. Um, I don't know. What about you? Uh, one of my least favorites is bus seats. Oh, yeah. That one's tough. Six people. It doesn't seem like it should be that hard, right? Isn't it only yeah. six people? It's like only window six and people, aisle. and they fill up... Uh, you feel it feels like you can do worlds with that because of yeah the two people who sit next to each other and they can only be in two locations and so it's like oh wow but yeah. all the questions just basically force you to go back to the rules back yeah. to the rules so it's a really slow slogging yeah. game yeah all these games that we're mentioning by the way are pretty old i mean mm-hmm. they're ha- i'm tr- trying to think of some what's the m- recently the most difficult game. I mean, maybe that office selection game, but even that one is not very tough. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a good one though. I mean, uh, it I has think some easy questions, boy. I think it's noteworthy because it's a lot of the questions are just, does this have to be true or could this be true? And so <laughs> when you're trying to understand what's going on, you can't yeah. really make any inferences, so you just have to go back and start applying the rules again. Um, but if you do understand what's going on, then yeah, it's it's easier, I would say. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think there's been anything recently that's like really that super challenging. 
So mm-hmm. um, anyway, so there is an update here from this is also anon anonymous. Um, we have an update here. Reddit says the second game section was the experimental. So this new um, virus clone, it's not it's it's like that computer virus game, but it was in his experimental section. It's not a real. It's not the real games, apparently. Hey, so one thing that um, oh well, his second uh, game section was experimental. The experimental can come at any point, though, right? So it's not like right. Yeah, that's universal information. Okay. Just to clarify, if you had two game sections, your first one may have been experimental. Right, right. But he went on Reddit and figured out that. There, the redditors have decided that this section, that second section that he had, was experimental based on the type of or the content of the games. Yeah, yeah, based on nobody else had, or there were people who only had one game section, and the people who only had one game section did not have this um, game that he's describing. Yeah, and that's exactly the kind of thing you're not supposed to be doing, right? They don't <laughs> want people to be going online and figuring all this out. Yeah. Before, I guess, because be, because of they don't want people to do it before the score cancellation. Is that why? I don't think we have to worry about anything because this doesn't come out until after the score cancellation deadline. So I don't think yeah. we have to. I don't know actually because um, I thought their main concern would just be other people taking the test, but I thought they've been pretty good at making sure the tests are pretty well coordinated. I mean, I guess they're not necessarily that well coordinated all across the world. I thought they would be most concerned about people sharing information that would get into the hands into someone who hasn't taken the test yet and will be taking it in the next few hours. Yeah. Well, or the next day, right? I mean, we got, we got people, we got accommodated test takers taking the test the next day frequently. Are they taking the same test though? That's sometimes I I think so. And we also have some Saturday Sabbath test takers, right? This test was on Saturday. And then there are people who were taking it yesterday, Monday, the 4th. And so they might be taking the, the same test sometimes. I got a text message from a dude who said, <laughs> it was kind of funny because he was complaining. He was a random stranger. I don't, I have no idea who this is, but it was like, hey, I just wanted to run this by you. My buddy got his test rescheduled at the last minute. So then, and he's taking it tomorrow. So then after the test, I talked to him and I told him everything about the test that I had just taken. Isn't that unfair? <laughs> you're like yes and <laughs> yeah i'm like yeah kind of sound, yeah if he takes the exact same test that does sound kind of unfair um yeah wow good job yeah <laughs> um yeah there was that email we got too from someone who was saying the same thing now that you're talking about it right they uh their 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 roommate or something like that was taking the test the next day because of accommodations and they didn't want to, or no, they were taking it the next day for accommodations and their roommate had taken it on Saturday or whatever. And they wanted to ask their roommate about the test, but they decided not to because they figured it would be a different test, but then it turned out to be the same test. And the exact same test. Kicking themselves for not asking about it. Yeah. I think that's their, their main concern. Yeah. Not that you can, I mean, how much can you really learn? I guess you could learn on the games. Definitely people would be like, well, do game, do worlds, you know, like if that would be a really good tip, right? If it was like on this game, you should do worlds on this game. Maybe not so much, but on this game, you can definitely do worlds and kill it. 
Yeah. That would really help a lot, I think. The other thing is if you don't finish games, right, and someone told you that the second game is awful, then you're saving yourself by not trying to get go down yeah. that rabbit hole. So. Yeah. Yep. Um, okay. So anyway, this is, again, to, to recap, we've been talking about this for 20 minutes now, but this is the same emailer who... Um, was averaging 178.6 and <laughs> thought and then thought that it didn't go well. Yeah. Okay. And and super pissed apparently because had to guess on one question on the on the games. The mm-hmm. one that counted. He had to guess on one of the questions. Yeah. Um okay. He does later in the update at the end he says that there are two games on there. He specifically says Metro trains game and an office cleaning game. And he says that they were surprisingly tough to be in a section together. Hmm. Allegedly. Um, Okay. This is where it gets a little bit insane. Did you read all this part? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. I don't know how much of this. Do I want to read this whole thing? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) It's a little bit of a wall. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe this is another... You could give all the other listeners a sense of what type of shit they're getting themselves into, right? I do think it's interesting how much of this question this correspondent apparently remembers. And this seems to be typical of people who do really well on the test, right? They're so they keyed remember. in. Yeah, so keyed yeah. into what they're reading and what's going on that when they yeah. struggle, they clearly remember it because their mind is like racing all around it trying yeah. to figure it out. Although I, yeah, but I think, I think that this correspondent did, did not do very well on the test, not relative to them. I think that they Mm -hmm. definitely didn't do very well. Like reading the rest of this part, there's, there's some stuff in here that just can't possibly be right. Um, yeah, they're missing something. Yeah. They fucked up basically. Um, So anyway, here we go. The last logical reasoning section was a bit tougher than expected. I don't doubt that it was partly due to my game's hangover. That's because of having to guess on one question, by the way. Um, Oh, and then the experimental (laughs) section. He got roughed up in the experimental section, and then he's he's, now he's freaked out. He's got a hangover from that. Um, But there was a string of questions from something like number 10 to 12 that was just nonsense. Um, and so that's where I say, uh, I beg to differ. Like yeah, there's no way. Something's going on. You're thinking too yeah. much about other stuff. Yeah. You lost your mind and you made it hard for yourself somehow. I mean, I don't know if you're trying to go too fast or if you're just over outsmarting yourself somehow, but those questions, I guarantee those questions made sense. I mean, maybe one of them was a little tricky, weird or something, but they made sense. You know, I almost wonder if someone in his score range is almost more likely to suffer from this like perfection, like breakdown. Yeah. Right, because yeah. you expect so much of yourself, uh, given your past results, that when you miss yeah. a question or two, um, you start panicking and not thinking about what you're yeah. actually doing in the moment. When you average one seventy eight point six on your last fifteen practice tests, you know what my overwhelming f- thought is on that. Why the fuck are you continuing to do practice tests? <laughs> it's just like, what are you doing? Afraid of. You know, you don't need a 180. You don't even you don't need a 178. Nobody needs more than a 175. I mean, you're already above the 90. You're you're above the 75th percentile at every single school when you have a 175. So you don't need to you don't you don't need to do this like 15 practice. I mean, I would almost go so far as to say, like, you get a 178 ever and you just decide to shut it down almost. It's just like, (laughs) what? What? Why? Like, 
okay, wow, this is this is a that's a lot of practice. That's a lot of work yeah. for somebody who's that high. God damn! And then end up freaking out on test day. Yeah, um, it's like bad mojo somehow. I don't know. Anyway, um, so here's here's the part where okay, I'll read all this, and if he, it sounds like he thinks he remembers this. It says, in particular, there was a question that went something like the following. Quote, there's an ancient Greek play called Knights. In the play, a character reads a tablet from an oracle. He shouts about how awesome it is. His friend asks him to tell him what it says. Character then explains the meaning of the tablet. Question, which of the following can most credibly be rejected on the basis of the information above? I mean, so what type of question is that? Cannot be true. Yeah, must be false, which is a hell of a lot like must be true. We're just looking for something that has been proven to be false. Yep. Okay, so that, which, nothing, no big deal there. I mean, I wouldn't, who cares? Like, just find the one that it's the opposite of what it says. Yep. Okay, this is question 10, so I assume it will be fairly clear. Nope. The answer choices are nearly all about Greek society or theater as a whole. I ultimately narrow it, narrow it down to it was common for written text to be read aloud by a character in Greek theater and the character was not based on a historical figure. What? He's paraphrasing here. Like he doesn't really remember the exact words, right? Obviously he doesn't remember the exact words. Otherwise this question, we would be, know the answer. Anyway. Yeah. I initially think it's this historical figure one, Moses question mark. And then I start to question it. This is where it goes. Now he's losing his mind completely. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The Here's the rant that we get is I'm a fucking atheist. I don't know what Moses did or if he had a friend there when he got the Ten Commandments or whatever. Does Moses even predate ancient Greece? Does Elsac expect me to know these things? Seems unlikely. So I pick the other answer, though very dissatisfied. If it's this historical figure one, I'm going to sue for religious discrimination. Oh, boy. <laughs> my proctors and test site were fine, thankfully. But here's one kind of funny story from my testing center. It was my first time taking the test, and I'm a 20-year-old dweeb. So even though I feel confident because of my practice tests, there are plenty of jitters. There's this one guy standing against the wall while we're waiting to go in, looking very suave, calm, and handsome, making me think that maybe everybody taking this test is smarter and better looking than I am, thus intensifying the jitters. Somebody starts chatting him up and it comes out that it's his third time taking the test. Okay, well, this guy must really want a great score, I think. Next, it comes out that his first two tests, he scored in the mid-140s. Uh, yikes. Maybe law school is not for this guy. Then, icing on the cake, the guy says he's 33. 33! All caps. 33 is young in the grand scheme of being a human, but pretty darn old to be trying and failing at the LSAT. He's probably not a listener, but if he is, please tell him to move on with his life. Best anon. <laughs> did you did you just edit damn into darn? Are you trying to clean up the show? No. Did I say darn? And it's you know, it's because the M can look like an R a lot, but did I really say darn instead of damn? You no, said it says darn. damn. It's oh. okay, we can keep it clean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've only said fuck like eight times already on the show today. Um, okay, anyway, um, I want to tell Anon here, I want to give Anon a little bit of advice to um, just calm down a little bit. It's all right. You, you just relax. It's, it's cool. You don't need to worry about this guy who's 33, who's suave and calm and handsome. 
And uh, you don't need to worry about him and his taking the test three times. And the fact that, you know, it's, it's gonna, it's fine. You're, you're only 30 points higher than he is on the LSAT. So he's not, he's of no concern (laughs) to you. Yeah. (laughs) Feeling threatened by the little dog. Nothing's gonna. Yeah. yeah. He had a, he had a tough day. This, uh, this correspondent had a tough day and um, he's, he's mad about it. I mean, he probably still scored 170, but um probably gonna want to retake it sounds like because yeah. probably has a has a high 170s in in the bag somewhere but doesn't sound like it came out uh on this test um should we move on to the next yeah let's correspondent? Do it. Okay. okay sorry it's uh loading now okay here we go hi ben hi nathan you can use my name that's fine or you can call me lando Calris, how do you say that last name? Calrissian. Calrissian from uh, yeah. Star Wars. Yeah, I didn't know his last name. I just called him Lando. Well, he's Lando Calrissian, dude. How'd, he's. When do they say his name? They never say it in the show. They say it a hundred times. Never. No, I don't know. I, but I... <laughs> <laughs> when they have that dinner, maybe you can call or you can call me Lando. Okay, we'll call you. Oh, but only if you use the full name. Damn, I don't want to use the full name. The information above is uh, about myself is below. I just wanted to start with the interesting bit. On December 1st, LSAC published some reports. Wow, this is timely. You'll be happily unhappy to know that a lot of the information in the report seems to support some of the ideas about accommodations you guys have mentioned on the podcast. In this report called the predictive validity of accommodated LSAT scores for the 2007 to 2011 entering law school classes. <laughs> so I just had to read that because that's a classic LSAC title. Um, on the top of the page 42, it says, yeah, yeah. Okay, it says, results from this study suggest that LSAT scores obtained under accommodated extra time testing conditions are not comparable to LSAT scores obtained under non-accommodated testing conditions. Well, that's obvious on one level, but I think what this person is saying and what this report is saying is that there are some there are some differences even when you take into account the extra time and stuff, right? If that's what I remember correctly. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, they also report they also published a report on accommodation trends Uh, from 2012 to 2017. Here are just a few parts that I found interesting. The graph from page 8 indicates that the number of requests for accommodations has more than doubled, and the percentage of approved requests has has moved from less than 50% to almost 80% in this five-year period. Okay, so that's what (laughs) we've been saying, and that is confirmed in this data. Look at the number of approved requests, just total approved requests. Yeah, uh, total approved. I'm seeing three thousand for 2016. Yeah, well, it went from seven hundred and twenty nine in 2012-13. Yep, and then like the same number the next year, and then it just started escalating and ends up at three thousand in 2016-2017. Yeah, so four times as many accommodated test takers in the span of five years. Yeah, that's what happens when you lose a lawsuit. And everybody finds out, and everybody starts applying for accommodations. Yeah. How many total? How many total people taking the test? Uh, 
Well, there's a hundred thousand a year, about hundred and five right now. So, so now we're up to three percent of the test taker test takers. Yeah, three percent of test takers are getting accommodations. Okie doke. Okay. They're barely turning um, anybody down, dude. Wow, eighty percent. I mean, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, that's interesting because <clears throat> usually when uh, requests go up, you'd expect approvals to actually go down at least in terms of percentages but no requests are going up and approval percentages are going up which of course is now going to increase requests even more because it's like hey everyone's getting it why not try yeah all right so this interesting report continues a quote from page two about demographic trends african-american and asian accommodated test takers were underrepresented and Caucasian white accommodated test takers were overrepresented compared to their representation in the non-accommodated group. Um, other racial ethnic subgroups were similarly represented in the accommodated group compared to the non-accommodated group. Okay, well, let's talk about these percentages. It says that's a mouthful, but basically the number of self-reported Caucasians who took the test normally has not been higher than 60% of test takers in a given year of the past five years. Um, okay, so there hasn't been more than 60% of the test takers who are white, uh, and this is under normal conditions, but the percentage of accommodated test takers who are white was 65% during the same five-year period. So of accommodated test takers, um, 65% are white versus only 60% in the general population. Of the test. That's not surprising. I'm not surprised at all that accommodated tester testing skews white. That is not a shocker to me. Yep. The number of African Americans, for example, who take the test is certainly low, but it has not been lower than 10% of test takers in the past five years. Now, these are interesting numbers. Yeah. Uh, okay. So <laughs> of all normal test takers, and I mean normal as in time, et cetera, um, 10% are, or roughly 10% are African Americans. However, of those who did receive accommodations, only 7% are African American. So, yeah. yeah. These aren't huge discrepancies, by the way. No, they're not huge, but they just continue to add to the challenge, right, of this situation. Yeah, I mean, we're we're not surprised that basically rich folks are getting accommodations more than poor folks. Yeah. I mean, it's right. pretty clear that's what's going to happen. Here's some uh, information on the scores, and this is unsurprising as well. The average score gained for second-time accommodated extra-time test takers was 2.74 points which is almost equal to the 2.8 score gain typically observed by the non-accommodated group. Okay, that's not really very interesting. But the next thing, the average score gain for those who switched from non-accommodated to accommodated was 7.5. Yeah. So people are getting people are are when 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 people retake, they generally score about 3 points higher, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. I mean, and that's because they've prepped more and, you know, whatever. 
And they're yeah. retaking it because they fucked up the first time. So now they're taking it again and they get a few points higher. By the way, that right there isn't enough to justify taking the test again. <laughs> three points is awesome. So yeah. it's always worth taking it again for three points. Um, but yeah, those who uh, switched from non-accommodated to accommodated are getting seven and a half. So some of that is just the normal retake bump, but a lot of that is the accommodations bump. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yep. All right. Um, <laughs> looks like you guys have some competition from Dr. Beverly Hills. <laughs> 90210. I would gladly pay $1,800 for seven and a half extra points if I could afford it. Yeah. That's what a lot of people are doing. Um, I've even heard of people flying to California since the episode. Have you really? I have. To go see Dr. Malov? Yes. Holy fucking shit. What? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I they said they were doing that, and I said, sounds like a good idea, because you can get accommodations, and they said that there wasn't someone in their area. So what's a, what's a plane ticket? That was their rationale. I said, yeah, what's a plane ticket? If they're going to the- come all this way, they should definitely buy me a beer. I feel like I should get... He, Dr. Malif could get 1800 bucks. I should get a beer out of this. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll try to track him down. And let Hit him me up. Yeah. Um, accommodation test takers are... Accommodated test takers are taking a different test, and yet no one who matters is allowed to know this. All of this reminds me of that War Games quote that the only winning move is to not play. Except in this game, the only winning move is to play the accommodation <laughs> game. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen that War Games movie in a long time. Isn't that the one about the kid who, like... With Matthew Broderick? Shame? Matthew Broderick? Yeah, 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 that's right. That's what it is, right? Yeah, okay, I remember that. Mm-hmm. Cool. I mean, um, yeah, uh, relax, you know, it's only 3% of all test takers right now. And I would say many of those people deserve it. Like you, many of the people getting accommodated are scoring lower than you are. And just don't, don't worry about it. But as a policy thing and going forward, this is definitely something that people need to keep an eye on because, you know, it, it, if it keeps going this direction, it's going to become a problem. Yeah. I, I don't think any individual test taker needs to be freaking out about this. I mean, if you have some case for accommodations, I think you should certainly try to get them. But if you don't, don't worry about it. Just, just calm down. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see where these sort of top out, right? Like it's going up right now. So, uh, last year or sorry, 2015, 2016, it was 2% in 2014, right? When the, I guess the, the court case uh, came out it it was around one percent so it's gone up one percent each year uh does that keep happening for the next (laughs) five years or is it kind of you know even out at six percent yeah i i don't know i mean obviously we have we're we're part of the problem now because we're getting this information (laughs) out there and now our listeners are flying across the country to go (laughs) Dr. Malov's getting rich and we're, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I don't know, but Hey, we didn't, we, this is not our idea. We didn't set this system up. So nope. please, please don't blame us. We're just trying to shed some light 
and uh, it, I don't know. It's for you lot to figure out. Y'all are the lawyers, so you guys can figure it out. Ben, Ben, and I mercifully are not. <laughs> we, it's not our <laughs> responsibility. Thank God. Yeah, there's going to be some. There's. It seems like obviously there's going to be some more litigation about this, right? Yeah, I think there will be. Yeah. Don't involve me, please. Do not mention my name. I do not know. I do not want to be involved in this in any Ex- fashion. Exhibit two, thinking LSAT podcast episode no. one seventeen. <laughs> no, I will not do it. If I'm subpoenaed, I will show up. Otherwise, I am not participating in this bullshit. Okay. Cool, man. No one would ever subpoena me. I don't know anything. I'm not an expert. We wouldn't be useful. No. No. We, we'd just get up there and ramble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, was, imagine was myself. That, was War Games with Matthew Broderick? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just imagine myself, like, grabbing the microphone in the courtroom. <laughs> like, yeah, hey. Is this thing on? Hello? Yep. <laughs> hey, what's up, everybody? <laughs> just rambling in the court. <laughs> Uh, oh boy! You oh, we're on to the next one. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. We don't right, have any don't name know. on you this. What's talking. this? Another anonymous, another anonymous thing. Hey, everybody! Oh, that's right. It's Lando. That's right. This is Lando Calrissian. Okay. All right. Thanks, Lando, for the update. That actually was a very data-heavy, uh, really interesting uh, email. So thank you very much. That's for me. Yeah. That's email of the show so far. That was that yeah, was awesome. All, you did all the work for us. Thank you. Exactly. Very much. Yes. Thank you for doing a lot of work for us. We appreciate that. Um, okay. Next one. <clears throat> you do you want to read this one? It, yeah, but I'm confused. This line here is that supposed to be the divine? Okay. All right. Here, I think this is where we're we're starting here. Sure. Okay. I think my story would have been something I would have wanted to hear when I began studying, so I'm sharing it with you guys. I'm a 148 to 163 feel-good story. Nice. I put a 160 on record in September by focusing on accuracy. I just focused on doing 18 questions per LR and getting them all correct. I was able to do this because I was confident with my logic games, but even if I wasn't, it wouldn't matter it's still the correct way to take this test. So thanks again for that. On the September test, I got a minus four of the questions attempted in one LR section and a 19 out of 19 attempted on the second LR section. At the five minute mark, I took a moment to mark an answer for the questions I wouldn't attempt. I always put a line of B's. In addition, when I finished all the questions, I thought I was going to attempt before the five minutes were over The first thing I would do after forming a pre-phrased answer was look at B to see if it was what I was looking for. If it wasn't, I would immediately erase B on my sheet and continue from there. Do you understand what he's talking about? That sounds... Sounds very complicated. Overly complicated. Yeah. Why are you determining how many questions you're going to attempt at the five minute more? I wouldn't do that. Oh, wait. Mark, either just mark all of the one, mark every remaining question. Who cares if you have to erase one or two, who cares? I, I would just at the five minute mark. I like the plan of just bubbling in all B's or whatever. Sure. And that's fine. Erase, erase as you get a new answer. You yeah. get a new answer and you're like, oh, wait, it's actually yeah. D. I'm going to erase yeah. B and put in D. I don't like it when people like leave three blank or something like, well, these are the ones I'm going to do. 
mm-hmm. because maybe you're going to do three, maybe you're not. Maybe you're going to do one, maybe you're going to do two. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I wouldn't be doing that. I don't like that. Here's, here's the, the big value with doing this. I think people are like, wait, why am I doing this extra work, bubbling things in and then erasing them and you know, putting in a new answer? Why not just wait till the end or something like that? Because as soon as you bubble in those remaining answer choices, you're no longer thinking or worried about them, right? If you're constantly thinking in your mind, when are they going to end the section? Are they going to end it now? Should I stop and bubble in now? You're just draining yourself and right. running yourself from focusing. Right. Yeah, it's a, it's a no-brainer. It's only one-seventh of the remaining time anyway, so there's not that much time left when the proctor says five minutes. So just go ahead and bubble in all your guesses. Those are going to be free points. One out of five of those is going to be a free point. And then, yeah, you can do one or two more questions, and you'll probably have to erase one of those random guesses and bubble in a new answer. So yep. what? It takes it takes three seconds to erase. Come on. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I did the same thing with prep test 83 yesterday, except I increased the number of questions I planned to attempt. Okay, so I don't care that you're planning to attempt a certain number of questions. I, I wish you wouldn't. I wish you would just do your best on however many you get to. But I love that you're calling it prep test 83 while you're taking it. That's awesome. That's exactly the right way to be thinking about the official test. Um, <clears throat> okay, so this is the from, from prep test 83 uh, report. The girl in front of me had a box of 30 pencils and two yellow highlighters. In her defense, she only took like six or seven out of the box. There was another guy with, from what I could see, about 10 pencils but curiously, two pencil sharpeners. You got to bring a backup pencil sharpener, Ben. <laughs> if you have backup pencils, you don't need any pencil sharpeners. <laughs> Did you know that it's illegal to bring an electric eraser to the test? I didn't know that it was illegal. It's not. I, well, okay, fine. <laughs> illegal. It's against the rules and regulations of the LSAT to bring a electric eraser. Wait, what? What's an electric eraser? So my mom, my my mom for a while had a little um, home drafting business. She she made like house plans and stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it was old school, uh, like pencil and paper before it okay. all went computerized. And yeah. so she had this like super fancy drafting table, and it was all pencils. And um, she had a plug in electric eraser. Oh. That because she would be doing like some serious, if she had to erase, you know, she's erasing like a whole wall or whatever, and she would have to be doing some serious erasing. (laughs) So she had an electric eraser, but then it made me laugh when I read that in the, in the rules and regs. Yeah, no, that's. uh, That you can't bring one of those. I'm imagining somebody bringing that to the the LSAT. (laughs) That's pretty funny. Yeah. Someone did it. Okay. Add it to the list. The list that's like. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it is. It's stupid. Um, okay. Another lady behind me in line was speaking to her friend about how she took only a couple timed LSATs because she wanted to know how to take the test before she took the test to which her friend replied, totally that's smart. (laughs) At which point in my head, I added two more LSAT scores that my score will sit comfortably on top of in the distribution. Um, that's a, you know, that's a kind of an asshole thing to think, but that's exactly how I think when I'm taking this, this test, you know, I, I look around everybody else freaking out and saying stupid things with their dumb advice. And I just kind of go, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> y'all, I don't need to worry about y'alls. You um, really like that word, don't you? Well, there I said y'alls. y'alls. 
I like it, especially when you put the yeah. S at the end of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have yep. To, I felt good about the. T- uh, <laughs> Sorry. I think I might have to start saying you all. <laughs> you all. Just to you know have a little no. different faction on the show. <laughs> okay. I felt good about the test, but you never know until you know. Good luck, everyone, and go team. What? I don't know. Lee should publish. Go team. Lee should publish. Oh, wait. That's a remember. That's an LR question. That's a the. the professor lee or something like that and whether the uh, thing is going to be published if the book is published this year you know that question ben if if it's as important and well written yeah, that's not lee as so and so no it's not it's not lee it's lee would rec- make the it was professor lee or something like that no, that would make professor the recommendation Nguyen, right i think oh new <laughs> win um my pronunciation yeah um Okay, I have no idea what that means then. All right. Uh, best regards, Keith. Keith. Cool. Cool. Next one? Yeah. Um, hi, Ben and Nathan. I'm Janani. Pseudonym looked up online by Nathan. What is that? Yeah, because she wanted a different name. And so I, she gave, we had her real name. So I looked up a... Sri Lankan pseudonym Got for it. her. Jin- I thought that that was a very nice thing for me to do. <laughs> that was so nice of you. So I gave myself credit. You you <laughs> did a 30-second Google search. That's nice of you. <laughs> I'm Junani from Sri Lanka, recently moved to the U.S., who is currently studying for the LSAT. I have an LLB, graduated last year, and I passed the Sri, Sri Lankan bar exam this May. I currently work as a paralegal in U.S., and am hoping to sit for the February LSAT. I have a few burning questions that need answers. Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Wow. Uh, I must say that your podcast has helped me a lot to get over many confusions that I've had lately. Thank you for that. So I'm reading the PowerScore Bibles, which are pretty good. I also purchased Law Schooly four months schedule sometime back. Uh, okay. I'm not a big fan of these schedules, by the way, but, uh, but no. I mean, I don't know anything specifically about law schoolies schedules, but just schedules in general don't take into account the person who's studying. They're just like blanket. Yeah, they always seem gimmicky to me. It's like it, if it doesn't fit exactly how much time you have available, then I don't understand yeah, the it's point like, of it. Uh, you have eight weeks, so you will do this amount of work each day. It just makes a lot of assumptions about how quickly you can comprehend what you're studying and you yeah. need the time to really understand it. And if you're doing well, then maybe you can move faster than those schedules. And if you're not doing that well, then you need to slow down and understand what you can, not what the t- schedule is telling you. You have to get done. So, Yeah, I agree. Right, sorry. Uh, I'm reading uh, Power Score Bibles, which are pretty good. I also purchased these schedules some time back, but it's only now – that I figured it doesn't include a time frame for reading comprehension Bible. Um, I think that's because they don't want you to do the reading comprehension Bible, which I think Ben and I would both endorse. Yeah. Too much, uh, (laughs) too, too many tactics. Well, you can practice reading comp all you want, but I just don't know that the, the, you know, the tactics in there are going to do anything for you. 
They just say do practice tests, and that would suffice to get through the section. Yeah. I agree. Do you think whether I sh- do you think I should be reading the book to find some strategies, or would just doing practice questions be enough? <sighs> well, I would do practice questions and then review them, and if you don't understand them, look up, uh, find, talk to people who understand them, so you can understand why you got them wrong. Uh, yeah, I, I have never recommended the the power score reading comprehension Bible to anybody. So I, I would say you could just do a bunch of reading comprehension passages. Yeah. Um, question number two, my law school four years LLB doesn't calculate a GPA and they never disclose what we got for exams. They say that's their policy. So I'm just wondering how would law schools here look at it after the report evaluation? I know for a fact that they accept it here since many folks from my school come for LLMs, mostly Harvard, Yale, and Georgetown. I have no idea. I have no idea either. I'm just very skeptical of what I've seen of LLMs, which was tainted by my experience at UC Hastings. I'm I'm skeptical of the value of LLMs, but maybe we can wait until we get through this email before I go off on my rant about okay. that. Three, I'm confused as to where I should find proper LSAT question explanations for further review. Do you have any advice? Uh, One thing I would say is that you can sign up for a free account at strategyprep.com and get access to a lot of explanations. You can't get access to all of them, but you can get access to a lot of them and some of them are organized by test, and so you should be able to find explanations for at least some of the questions you're struggling with. Do you have any suggestions, Nathan? Yeah. I mean, well, it's a good place to pitch my free online class, foxlsat.com slash free, Ben's free LSAT class, strategyprep.com slash free. Um, my Logical Reasoning Encyclopedia is a pretty good resource for high-quality logical reasoning explanations, explanations that are like, designed to actually teach you something instead of just kind of, you know, here's a solution, but sort of like teaching the way through the question. Here's how you should be reading this. Here's how you should be understanding this. Here's how you should Mm -hmm. be reacting to Mm -hmm. this. Um, So, yeah. I mean, but if you like our style, Ben's got a lot of stuff. I got a lot of stuff. Yeah. Maybe I would start there. Four. There are a few schools out there that would accept me without LSAT. They call it Advanced JD for foreign educated lawyers. Mm. Advanced. <laughs> yeah, right. Advanced JD. Uh, but I'm trying to get a scholarship rather than paying for it. Also, I'm shooting for a T1 law school. Okay. Tier one. <laughs> Whatever that means. You're shooting for the top law school. If I don't end <laughs> up in a tier one law school... Uh, will being a foreign attorney would be of any advantage? Would would being a foreign attorney attorney be of any advantage when I'm looking for jobs after my JD? <clears throat> Not when you write a sentence like that. Yeah. I mean, I think maybe they mean disadvantage. Like, I don't. I just don't see how being a foreign attorney is an advantage in the United States. Really, I don't. Uh, it may be. I mean, speaking a different language and, you know, having connections and being familiar with a culture somewhere else, if there's if there's a business need to do, you know, if they're doing business with some other place. Otherwise, uh, I don't 
know that there's any advantage. No, honestly, I mean, I'll be completely frank. I feel like it's a disadvantage if your language is a barrier because... Yeah. Oh, well, that's 100%. Yeah, like, right. And so you... Right. Because a firm doesn't want to take that on and then have to deal with that because this is you're basically a high paid uh, writer. And so if you're looking for a job at a firm that has an international presence and is looking for attorneys who are familiar with the law of your country because they're doing some deals there that depend on local law, then yeah. Yep. I think you'd be extraordinarily valuable. Absolutely. But in all their cases, I yes. just don't see how it helps. Well, it's outweighed by the disadvantage of not of 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 poor yeah. English. Right? I mean, and not to I'm not trying to insult Janani here at all. You know, that's not like this is a this is it's not like this is a terribly written email, but it you do ha- it ha- we're we're both stumbling over several different things in this one email. Right. And Ben, when, as Ben's been reading this, he's been like adding articles in where the article was removed. And there's like, there's all kinds of English problems with this email. And, um, that's the, all that stuff. Like they're going to notice that. And that's going to be tough when you're applying for a they're job. They're not going to want to deal with that. They don't know. Yeah. It's just a hassle. Like that. that's, they don't, that's not what they're yeah. looking for. Uh, I'm still deciding whether to take an online course since we don't have any classroom courses where I live. Thank you so much for your awesome podcast, all caps. And thanks so much for a bunch for reading my email. Yeah, thanks for writing. Yeah, thanks for writing and smiley faces. I mean, Janani, this is this very nice email and very well thought out and, and structured and everything. And I feel bad for like slamming on her English, but... You know, that's just the kind of thing that when you're producing legal documents, it, yeah, this, this gonna, that's going to be the hard thing, I think. Yep. Um, I'm super skeptical of these LLMs. I, I People come to foreign lawyers come to the United States and they can choose between a JD or an LLM. An LLM is like a one year program and a JD is a three year program, of course. JD, you know, to, to them, it feels like JD, it's like starting mm-hmm. over. Um, and it's three years instead of one year. And so, you know, that's, uh, yeah, I don't know about this advanced JD for foreign educated <laughs> lawyers, whatever the hell that is. Yeah. But if they're accepting you without the LSAT, my, I'm, I'm just really afraid of these people getting ripped off. And so here's my rant against the LLM program at UC Hastings, at least when I was there. I had friends, friends of friends who were in that LLM program and they paid Hastings however much money, $50,000 or more for their one year program. And these people had, they really struggled, Ben, with English. They just, they, it was, you could have a conversation with them and you could tell that they were just not a native English speaker and it was just difficult for them. And, some of, and and then they end up failing the bar two times, three times, four times, five times, giving up. And I, the the, the program to me just seemed like a scam. Yeah. It just that just doesn't seem like that person. They shouldn't have been there in the first place. Like, I, and I'm not sure if Hastings was requiring the L requiring the LSAT or not. But the LSAT can protect you 
That's the purpose. That's the whole point to begin with. That's why the ABA requires an admissions test, right? Is because they want to they want to save you from your cell. They're they save you from these law schools that are going to rip you yeah. off. So I'm just really worried about all these foreign educated lawyers. Like they just, oh, well, I already have a JD from my country. Yeah. Okay, great. That's awesome. You can practice and I can practice law in my country. Yeah. Okay. That's great. That does not mean that you're going to be able to just come here, get an LLM and automatically be practicing law in the United yeah. States. It, it just doesn't work that way in my experience. Now, of course, many people do make it. The ones that I saw that were successful, though, I mean, they seemed like they were from Europe and had sort of better English mm-hmm. to begin with. And it's, you know, I'm anyway, I, I just every time I get a call from somebody who's asking about these about LLM or when I hear the second I hear somebody say that they have a law degree from another country, I'm like, oh, shit. Like, it just it, I don't know. Yeah. It worries me. Yeah. So wait, did you say that the one-year program at Hastings cost a hundred and fifty thousand dollars? No, no, no. I think I said fifty oh, okay. thousand or whatever. I, I thought it was just the. I thought it was the same as the the JD tuition, or or I don't know. I, I actually don't know. I assumed that it was if it was a one-year program. I assumed it was one year of Hastings tuition. That could well, be totally wrong. I'm. Sure, I doubt if it would, it would be yeah. less though. One thing to think about here is we we say it over and over again, but the the presumption that um, you initially proposed was to not pay for law school, right? Even if you can't yes. um, go for free, even if you have to pay something, the more the school gives you in grant money, in other words, <laughs> the more they discount the price that they want to charge, the less you have to pay, the more likely it is that they really value you and see you doing something for the school, right? If if you're not paying anything, then they see you as bringing something to the school, which means they think that you're going to succeed. Um, if you're paying everything, then sure, on some level they want you to succeed because they don't want their number, numbers to be awful. But on another, another level, they just don't really care because – now you're someone who's funding the enterprise. And so you just have to be very cautious. But this is one more reason why you should try not to pay anything or very, very little to prove that you're really going to a place that you can succeed at and do well and graduate and all that stuff. Yeah, they the schools are competing for who, for the students that they want the most. They're they're competing for the students that they think are going to do the best in law school and do the best as lawyers. And when a law school is giving half the class uh, you know, half ride or more, which is happening, right? I mean, there's a lot of law schools are giving like 80% of the class is getting some yeah. money and they're giving 50% of the class 50% mm-hmm. or more. Um when when that's what's happening, you, you know, if you're not getting the scholarship, that's the school pretty clearly telling you that they don't think you're going to do well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're like, they're like, well, you can come here, but you're going to have to pay for yourself and one of these scholarship yeah. kids. You know, we, we need to fund our school somehow. And, and these ones, the really promising, these, the ones that we really want, they're going to come here for free or for less. Yeah. And yeah, you can come here, but you're going to have to pay full price though. Yep. I mean, 
that's a sign. <laughs> that's a that's a signal that that you're. <laughs> I'd love to see. Boy, that'd be great to see a study about whether scholarship money correlates with grades. Mm. That's almost certain to be true, except if they stack the sections. Have you heard of this no. practice? Okay, so this is one that a I had a friend at Santa Clara who said that they were doing this. Um, where they would give, uh, you know, X percentage of the class is getting scholarships, mm-hmm. right? And then you have to um, <clears throat> you have to get a certain GPA in order to retain mm-hmm. your scholarship, right? Yeah. But the classes are curved, mm-hmm. right? I'm going to keep saying right. <laughs> um, the, <laughs> the classes the classes okay. are curved, and they have multiple yeah. sections. And they put all the scholarship students in the same uh, section. Ha, 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 ha. Oh. oh. That is clever, <laughs> of course. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry you didn't make the grade cutoff. But, you know, you can continue yeah. for full price. Yeah, that's playing against this the This is house. A alleged, allegedly. Yeah. This is a third-person report from a, a, a friend who was at Santa Clara. So, you know, I allegedly... Don't sue me, Santa Clara. But apparently, they it, the student had the impression that that's well, what they were doing. You know that alleged tale uh, reminded me of a very interesting study that stuck with me ever since I read it. Uh, maybe this is common knowledge. Correct me or stop me if it is. But okay. the study was basically focusing in on these stereotypes that people have about car salesmen. Um, uh, lawyers, p- people like that, that you, that people generally think are cheating other people. Uh, they think that they're a bad part of our society. And they said that the study's purpose was to see whether uh, car salespeople actually steal or lie or cheat more than other, you know, groups. And what they found was that, yes, it is true that they do um, engage in unethical behavior more frequently than other groups do. But what they also found out was that if you take another group, such as a doc, you know, doctors or something like that, and you give them opportunities, or you don't necessarily give them, but you look at doctors who have opportunities to cheat, they're just as likely to cheat as any other group. So what they concluded was that it doesn't actually have to do with the <laughs> group of individuals you've decided to associate yourself with. It's more uh, how many opportunities do you have to cheat in your profession? And the more opportunities that you have to cheat, the more likely it is that you're going to take them. So everyone is the same. And if there's an opportunity, you're more likely to take it and therefore uh, more likely to cheat, but it's not because you're a car salesperson or something like that. And so when you were talking about that, I was thinking about these, uh, law schools and if they have opportunities to take advantage, I just don't see why they wouldn't. Yeah, that that's interesting. So it's like, we're not, we're not judging you. It's just, this is, that's the game. I mean, that's, that's the system, humans, like, right? It, it's, it's all set up to be, it's set up that way. And so, yeah, they are, if it's possible to take advantage, advantages will That's what be taken. Do. Yep. Normally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes me think of like bartenders, like service industry, which is like notorious for, for all kinds yeah. of stealing. But it's like because it's not because bartenders are bad people, it's because they're handling cash oh, all yeah. the time. 
and it's because they're handling booze all the time. And so then it's easy to just pour free drinks in exchange for tips or, you know, under report is short the cash drawer, whatever yeah. like a million ways that, yeah. <laughs> that people that handle money like that all the time yeah. can steal. So it's just sort of, yeah. Okay. So crimes of opportunity mm-hmm. basically. And what we're saying is law schools have all kinds of opportunities. Yeah. To they steal are from they're students. the house, right? In that transaction. So yeah. why aren't, why wouldn't they stack the deck in their favor? That's what they set the rules. Yeah. Especially, especially with the student loan, the the crazy, um, well, yeah. So we have doctors who cheat in insurance companies mm-hmm. all the yeah. time, right? Because of the way the incentives yep. are set up. So the insurance companies don't really care because they just pass on the higher yeah. premiums. And so the doctors just jack up fees unnecessarily or bill for on bill for unnecessary stuff mm-hmm. all the time. And so, yeah, so the law schools just, they have, they have every incentive to just let their tuition go up and up and up and up because student loan borrowers are, they don't have to pay it right away. They're dumb. So they just think, oh, well, uh, you know, naively just think they, they can just, oh, well, it's fine. The borrowers don't care because the borrowers mm-hmm. get paid because <laughs> the, the students can't ever file bankruptcy to get rid yeah. of the debt. And so oh, it's just this, this, I mean, the students, it's not the student today who gets screwed. It's the student, the future version of that same student is the one that gets screwed four years yeah. from now. <laughs> oh man. My, um, my good friend who's at Southwestern law school, um, she's about to finish up, but, um, I was hanging out with her yesterday and she was telling me about some one L that she was counseling and she's at Southwestern on a scholarship, you know, and she's doing well and she's going to have a job and everything. It's great. But she was telling me about some one L that she had been talking to and she was talking to the one L about the debt and like, wow, okay, so you're going to graduate from here with, you know, $180,000 or whatever of debt. And the, the one L just looked her right in the face and was just like, oh, they're not getting that money back. <laughs> But that, like, that's her plan. That's just, I'm, I'm not going to repay this money. <laughs> okay. I mean, yeah, like, I would love to just, okay, let's talk 10 years from now. Let's see how that plan's yeah. working out. Cause it's possible that you haven't paid them any of that money, but it's also possible that you, your credit is completely yeah, ruined. That's what credit scores are for. <laughs> We can't force you to pay, <laughs> but then, we'll make it very difficult to have what you want. Yeah, and then and possibly they can start. Well, they can they can come after yeah. her, right, for the money. So she so it's like so she'll have to just have nothing, basically. Like she won't ever be able to accumulate assets, and she won't have any credit. So she'll you can't own anything, and you can't borrow it for anything, and you just are going to be. <laughs> but that's your plan as like, that's your, that's how you're starting yeah. law school. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. That's weird. You're going okay. into it. You can get out of it now. Get out of it. Gosh. Get out now. Yes. If that's your plan, the correct answer is withdraw from yeah. law school. Huh? Oh boy. Okay. Um, we're still, this is the end of Janani. Okay. Thanks Janani for writing in. Please don't get ripped off. Please don't pay for yeah. law school. Please don't pay for your LLM. Just just don't do it. Insist on getting a scholarship or mm-hmm. don't go. Oh boy, this do we have time for this whole there's a giant can of worms that yeah, we're we about to open. It's going to invite so we don't many have time for this tangents. bullshit. Yeah. 
Okay, so, but we need to do it. I think it, so. I think right? it'll be good. But we'll do it yeah. next episode. Okay, next episode. Here comes a teaser. You guys have been asking for it. We are going to talk about why we think it's a stupid idea to read the question stem first. Um, we got an email. It's a very thoughtful, long email from an independent LSAT teacher in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And it's point by point with bold and bullets and numbers and everything. And um, we are more than happy to go through yeah. that and uh, address it point by point and um, talk to you about why we we really don't think you should read the question stem first on logical reasoning, despite what you've heard from Kaplan and all your other LSAT prep classes, yeah. probably. Okay, so we're yeah, going to wrap it up there. Good. Okay, sounds good. Ben, thank you uh, for rescheduling, by the way. I hope you're not offended that I was rescheduled so that I could play <laughs> No, I'm not offended. I don't care, actually. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> cool. Well, any yeah. <laughs> Just next time you, um, you better watch out. No. You know, I'll be like, I had to reschedule <laughs> so I could. I don't know, take a nap. <laughs> you could reschedule anytime you want, buddy. That's that. That is perfectly fine. Um, our schedule. We've been cranking along with the uh, every Tuesday. So uh, if you want to know when the show's coming out. Right now, the show is coming out every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific time. Can I ask you about Tuesdays? Sure. How did I arbitrarily pick that time? Why do you say that time? Because I always get the email at 3 p.m. The 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 email goes out an hour later. Got it. But it's on it's on uh, iTunes. It's on the website. It's on RSS an hour before that. Cool. All right. So that's if you want to be like a super, super Since it was gunner. always right at three, I was like, does he think that it's 2 p.m. <laughs> Eastern time? He doesn't know that. No. Because <laughs> obviously you know no. time. I just put it, I just put, I just put it in the RSS feed uh, and on the website an hour early so that if, and, and iTunes and everything, so that if the gunners want to get the information uh, in yeah. advance, they're able to. Okay. You can get the you can have the information a full hour before <laughs> anyone else. But no, <laughs> if you want that, uh, we should give that subscribe. What is it again? It's too long to be honest. If you want the the news, yeah, it's a it's a bad URL. That's my fault. We we're we're sorry. It's Ben's fault, and it is where is it? Ah, thinkinglsat.com slash blog slash subscribe if you would like to subscribe to the show. Ben has to change that. What should it be? But for now, it's thinkinglsat.com slash blog slash subscribe. Thinkinglsat.com slash subscribe. Is there even a shorter word than subscribe? Just newsletter? That's not much shorter. That's longer. (laughs) But it's easier. Um, (laughs) Uh, How about... I can't think of anything. What's a really short word that would be good? Please tell us, and we will consider using it. <laughs> yeah. We'll have a contest for the best subscribe page uh, URL. Okay. All right. Enough of our bullshit. Thanks for listening. Uh, please tell a friend. Please rate and review us on iTunes. It makes a really big difference. Um, anything nope. you want to add oh, to that, thanks. Ben? All right, great. Catch you next time. Thank <laughs> you.